we're live. What's going on, Hector? How you doing, man? And I'm doing pretty well. Uh, enjoying the last death rattle of summer. I hear that. Um, I hear that, dude. Um, well, thanks for coming on to the show. It was it's really great to have you. Um, so for the folks out there listening, uh, Hector from Faith and Fandom is on the show, and we met at GalaxyCon. Actually, ironically, we I was just kind of walking around um before the con opened i believe it was on friday morning and we were i was just walking with a cup of coffee kind of doing getting some shots getting some b-rolls and you know we we kind of just interacted with one another i I forget what it actually was but we kind of just said hey to one another and started talking and then i found out more about what faith and fandom does and what they did so i was like oh sweet I got to check this out and I got to have you on the podcast. So that's kind of the, the, that's kind of the nitty gritty about it. And um, you had a great panel on galaxy con, but for the folks out there who don't know what faith and fandom is, heck, do you mind talking to us about kind of the origin story behind it? How did you start faith and fandom? So uh, I have been a believer and a geek about the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like a, I started watching like Batman, the animated series and going to youth group about the same time. So it was just like growing up in the mid nineties and everything with that. And uh, it's just always kind of part of my life. And somewhere around like 2009, Mm -hmm. I started going to cons and um, I went to heroes con in Charlotte, which is, Oh yeah, dude. Love um, outside of galaxy con. It's the biggest um, con in the Carolinas. And Mm -hmm. um. And it's kind of their neck and neck as far as like actual volume of people over a certain amount of days. But I think GalaxyCon has officially beat them in t- that term or anything. Not that that's a big deal, but um, so I've been going to HeroesCon for like three years, maybe four years. Nice. And in that time, I never really saw anything spiritually encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um you'd have the street preacher outside with the picket signs and usually a megaphone or something like that. And like uh, what we had at galaxy con, like what we had at galaxy con. I saw that. And honestly, um, talking to some cosplayers at the show was one of the things that kind of really put it in perspective for me. Cause like, so the year before I started faith and fandom, I did the heroes con wasn't doing cosplay contests yet. Mm, Okay. Like, they had they hadn't done an actual cosplay contest and um i was just walking around as a fan i brought a camera with me and i uh decided to make my own cosplay contest nice and so i had everybody like do like a little pose and say their character name give me their name and i had a i had a youtube channel at that point and that was something i was very focused on so i did that and then people voted and then i put together a bunch of big prizes and did that and you know heroes con actually liked it they took my contest and put it on their website nice. so i was like and then the next year they started cosplay contest so it's like it was like a push for them in meeting some of the cosplayers that uh i met that year doing the cosplay contest um there was a couple of them that were like you know what it's really cool that you're you know into jesus and you're a pastor and stuff like that because there's not really a place where you feel comfortable to be a christian here yeah and i i can't you know i think i can even name the cosplayer that said it but like that moment i really feel like specifically was like 
okay, I should do something about this. And I looked into some logistics and everything, and I realized uh, this isn't the demographic or the market of the situation. We're just passing some stuff out. It's going to be viable. Um, and you'll get kicked out or you'll be harassing somebody. And it's not my exact favorite mode of gospel distribution anyway. Um, It's not a, perhaps it's even the best way to say it's not a proper form of evangelization. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, I was trying not to poop in everybody's cornflakes by saying that, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm at. I'll do it. (laughs) I'll poop in it. Yeah. That's like, I, I don't, I don't think it's a valid form of, you know, evangelism. And, um, so I tried to figure out all right, what's the best way I could do this. And then it just really kind of hit me that if I'm an artist, I can be set up in artist alley. I have the same rights to talk about my art as everybody else's. And, you know, I kind of like read through all the guidelines on being a vendor and artists, and all that stuff. And I just kind of like, before I left that year, I made the determination that that was summer of 2013. I made the determination. I'm going to write a book that's going to be a nerdy devotional and I'm going to be back here next year mm-hmm. and I'm going to have a booth. And so like I made the decision that summer um, to do that. And then literally within about a week or so, a summer camp in near uh, Johnson city, Tennessee, okay. uh, like wagon wheel, Johnson city, um, yeah. like a summer camp near there uh, called me and said, Hey, would you come do a, superhero themed week at this bible camp and write your own devotionals it's like oh that's legit yes i will (laughs) and so um like so that was i just kind of also kind of felt like okay that's a good confirmation and um that i'm on the right track here with this and so i wrote uh i had eight chapel sessions um at that camp so i wrote the first eight chapters of faith and fandom as those devote as those camp sessions um and immediately cheesed off a few of the adults at the camp like i had a old maintenance man storm out and call me a heretic um and uh, ask why he called you a heretic because he heard me start talking about superman and he didn't he literally got nothing past the intro um like he heard me literally mention superman and like stormed out but like he was not the guy who hired me or approved of it. So like I was like I sat down with him at lunch. I was like, "Hey, buddy, would you like to talk about this?" And so we did. And you know I spoke there for like another eight years after that. So it was you know it was all good. But like it was pretty quickly like you know this will be divisive. Node, Check. yeah. And <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that too because it's like even in our own faith. So for a lot of the viewers, like you know they know that I'm a believer and they know what my stances are on certain things. And it's kind of like, it's crazy to think that even in the faith, there is, there's, I mean, huge division. And like, I find it so funny that a conversation and not to, you know, crap on anyone, but like Superman, it's, that had to be something to cause that individual to just, storm out and stop right like i i i'm i i laugh at it i know i probably shouldn't but i laugh at that because it's like wow it's kind of silly that that would happen you probably have more stories about stuff like that but so many um you know i have less than you'd think but some of them have really stood out um Mm. and uh 
Yeah, but but we'll with that, that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, but the the short version going on from there, I made it my goal to uh, in the next six months to put the the book together. And um, the original plan was I was only going to do this as a one time event. Okay. Um, I was going to write this book, get it put together, get it published, and have it just for heroes con summer 2014 okay and that was it okay like and then i'd get back to being an adult and <laughs> were you still a pastor at that time or were you at, in a uh, seminary uh no i was a pastor that i will at that point in time 2014 um 13 i was a the associate pastor of a church in pembroke north carolina okay. um but my main focus was collegiate and youth and the, the deal was with that church, it literally shared the parking lot with the biggest college in our area. Oh, not UNC Pembroke? Yeah. So um, uh, you literally have to have a UNC Pembroke parking pass to park at our church. No. Nope. Or to park at, at, park at that church at that point in time. Because somewhere in the foundations of Pembroke being etched away, they signed away the parking lot for a dollar to the university as, to help the college. So the university charges like two hundred and sixty-five dollars a semester <laughs> for the church parking lot, but you know, cool, cool. Um, yeah, no, okay, you know. Uh, but the goal was that. But at that point in time, I was working with college students primarily, and mm -hmm. um, and that was my focus. And I loved, I loved that. Um, and college ministry is actually what got me into past senior pastoring a church later on. Um. But that was it. Like I, I put that together and I started promoting it and went with it. And then by the time the first con went around and everything was said and done, uh, the first outing of it was really encouraging. Awesome. And um, uh, it was it was really, really encouraging. And um, uh, I'd gotten invited to like eight other cons by the end of that one. And one con in Myrtle Beach had offered me to go ahead and start doing a Sunday church service at their show. Cool. Um, and, and like some just crazy God things that happened, like at one point in time, uh, with the first batch of books, cause I didn't know how many books to have. Um, like, so like I was ordering 200 copies. Mm -hmm. Um, well, they messed up something on the cover and it ended up being a little blurrier than it should have been. Mm -hmm. So they let me keep them and then they printed me 200 fresh ones. Oh, so nice. So I had 200 freebies to give out to like youth groups and everybody else. And so uh, it just, it opened up some good doors. And um, even looking back at like the analytics, nine years later, book one has sold three times as much as everything else oh, at, wow. online. I can't gauge in cons, but like uh, on online, that's been the case. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been a ride. And so it, from that point on, it was pretty much my goal. I'd go to any con I could. Mm-hmm. And my goal was to have a fresh book every year. Okay. Because if you see the same thing every year, it's not, you know, going to be able to have the point of conversation, but also pop culture kept moving. And so did God's wor word and spirit. So I'm like, let's go. Uh, and, and it just kind of, it went that way. And then we progressed to doing like podcasts and uh, panels, and cons, and just kind of like, it's fleshed out a little bit more than when we started, but uh yeah, that that's kind of been the the heart of it. So really, um, it it kind of was a grassroots thing. It's kind of how it makes me feel like it it started out in this like you had this 
really this message on your heart. You wanted to share the faith with folks and really to kind of be the opposite of what we experience at cons a lot. You know, a lot of people have experienced the aggressive preacher that is outside protesting the con that we're trying to go to and have fun and have some escapism. And I try to, I try to be compassionate, right? We, we were called to be compassionate, but it's definitely frustrating to do this when it's like, I mean, that, that's, you know, in reality, when you take a step back and I'd, I'd love to understand your opinion on this, it's a form of persecution because you're being persecuted for what you love not in the theological sense of it you know the traditional act like what the martyrs suffered right the early christians but a lot of folks that i've spoken to and a lot of the folks i spoke to in this past galaxy con you know they were talking a lot about well i feel judged i feel like this i feel like that and it's in and i i use persecution because one of them actually said that term and it's interesting and i feel like you're combating that you're bringing the truth of our faith into this space where a lot of us also believe a lot of us i you know what i remember in the panel at galaxy con that you had there was a really good discussion of how i think there was one gentleman there uh his cosplay was awesome it was a it was a santa claus cosplay um i think he was obi claus obi claus uh, kenobi yeah. yeah it was legit and he was, you know, he spoke about how his men's group at church go watch the new Star Wars movies and things of that nature. So it's like you're, you know, what I feel this is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, this I feel like this is a ministry that really is watering the seeds of people, you know, in the nerd community to grow in their faith and to just grow as human individuals. I I, I feel good with that. Um, I feel like my my. I don't necessarily have a mission statement in print, but like, I feel like my mission has always been to a, to be an encouraging place for people who are already people of faith that are invested in geek culture and her culture. And then so that they could grow, they can connect, they could be encouraged. But then that B and honestly, probably more the primary is that for people who are faith, curious, faith, wounded, um faith uh ostracized that uh they could find that they are loved and they are welcomed and that god's not done with them and in that in that realm so to to be encouragers of those who are already in a good place and to, for those who aren't in a great place to be able to at least start a conversation to help them you know draw closer to god with that i hear that and that's beautiful um i i got i you know like we were talking about earlier a lot of us in the community um, it's. I feel like it's a 50-50. There's a lot of folks in the D in the D and D community that are, you know, share the same faith in the regards of believing in Christ, and then others who just who don't. And then there's like a percentage of that in you know just like everywhere, right? There's a percentage of people who are curious. There's a percentage of people who are you know not curious, and that's fine. Um, I I I I tend to. Um, I, I tend to align with the, I'm going to be an example of my faith and however God wants to use me, all glory be to him. Like, that's how I look at it. And I feel like essential, and, and especially like in this day and age, 
Pope John Paul II spoke about this, right? To be the new evangelization, be be the instrument of his love and his peace. Like you're the vessel of that. Um, and I feel like that's what faith and fandom would allow as well. But anyway, I, I can go on a rant, dude. So I, I, I have to stop myself from going on rants on this show. Um, cause it could go, I could go down the rabbit hole, but anyway, so you were, so you've been doing this, you've go to the cons and stuff like that. Could you talk to us a little bit about w- what a, what a panel would look like? at a con. So if folks want to come see you and whatnot, what would a panel be like, or what would be that general structure? Do you talk about a particular topic or do you talk about several topics or is it just whatever the, you know, wherever you feel moved to talk about? Um, A lot of it depends on how many opportunities I get to have a panel at an event. If I only get one shot, one opportunity um, before I start quoting Eminem, um, I was about to finish it, man. <laughs> I was like, I heard that in the back of my head. Um, if I get only one thing, I usually try to do a geek church panel, right. which um, is usually um, that is straight up a Sunday morning style service, but using geeky themes for uh, okay. for the message. Like uh, at GalaxyCon, the one we did was uh, like, we had we had a worship leader come and lead worship but like right before like the countdown before it was playing a uh a punk metal version of running up that hill from stranger things nice um uh so like that was the start of the service and then i did a message on uh stranger things season four and uh talk and use the scripture of christ in the garden like uh when he was oh, overwhelmed yeah. with sorrow to the point of death and what it looks like when we hold on to our our pain our trauma our isolation how damaging that can be and like you know it's chock full of scripture it's also chock full of pop culture references and but like you know based on the show of hands like half the people in the room haven't watched stranger things but i try to whatever topic i'm doing to like make it palatable for people who don't know the scripture or don't know the culture um and to make it like digestible in that capacity. So if I get one shot, I usually try and do a geek church service. Um, but if I get a multi-day show, like a galaxy con type situation, I do a panel, which is kind of like what you were in and it changes yeah. a lot depending on the environment. And, um, but what I've found is that a lot of shows are a lot more willing to give you a geek church. If you'll have a panel, that's just discussion. Gotcha. Um, like, I'll give you a panel where we're all going to talk. And then you give me a panel where I'm going to talk. Yeah. Um, for sure. And, but also because I know that a lot of people don't want to just come and listen to somebody, tell them, you know, what to bank believe or what to think they want to have a discussion mm-hmm. with it. But more often than not, I found people are, they identify with each other's stories and that, but uh, so the, the main faith and fandom panel in a nutshell, as it currently sits, is that I like to point out that uh, there's usually a divide uh, between uh, faith and uh, pop culture, geek culture, nerd culture. Um, And most of us have grown up or even still experience people telling us you can't be a part of both. And then I ask people like uh, what their experiences have been positive or negative. And then um, I just kind of go into say that it's my belief that you can be encouraged and strengthened in these things. Um, And I usually try to 
uh, ask people what their encouraging experiences have been, and then uh, kind of ended off with in telling them that uh, discernment is a big deal, um, sure. that you need to know what's healthy for you, what's not healthy for you, but that sure. if you actually are looking for encouragement through the stuff that you entertains you um, and that you connect with, that you'll be able to find it if you're looking. Sure. Um, and that's, I try and be as uh, clear personally with that panel as I can be. Um, and then, you know, there'll be some shows that are just like, no, just tell us what you personally believe. Like they don't even want everybody yeah. else to have that. And and a lot of that too is like trying to cater to uh, what shows want. Like a point in case I've been doing heroes con since um, as a vendor since 2014. Nice. And uh, when I asked to do a, uh, spiritual things and comics panel uh they told me no because the climate was too politically hot oh at the time or at, at the, the time yeah yeah um, because the year that i asked was the year that all the stuff with the bathrooms in the nba happened that's right that's and that was right. in charlotte just down the the block from the con at heroes yeah so like it's it's a little too hot right now um, for that and then like so i you know stopped asking honestly and that's my fault but uh you know with covid and everything else and the fact that we hadn't had a heroes con in three years i'm like i really wasn't trying to push boundaries and yeah. then this year they actually had a spiritual themes and comics panel nice. um now it was led by some folks who are uh, not necessarily aligned with me where i stand and my personal stuff but okay. i was still grateful that uh it happened. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. And uh, I won't ask the specifics of that alignment, but I would ask, though, what and from I guess from a if this is like a tree branch, right in the tree branch of theology, like from a spiritual connection with comic books, like what were you trying to talk about? Like the like kind of like the archetype of like Christ, like in like Superman or like thing like like things like that, like kind of like typology or something else. I think the biggest thing was, you know, just it was probably going to be a lot like what my panel is now of mm -hmm. just asking people what they found encouraging. Um, nice. I, I think that's always kind of been, you know, just to let them know it's a safe space. Yeah, because sure. you know i've watched a lot of other people do it um because i've done there like even though i do this like the craziest thing um and i'm friends with this pastor before i say anything there's no negative to this mm -hmm. um but like one of the the first times i just got completely like flabbergasted like what just happened i was at a show in north carolina uh -huh. and at this show someone led a faith and fandom panel based on my books that i was at but did not invite me or consult me oh dear and so i had um i just had people start coming to my booth we really enjoyed that panel on your books i'm like the what and like and then sure enough later a pastor popped by and he's a friend now um uh, he's like yeah i'd read your books and decided to do a panel on them just like what happened like dang dude you should have told me <laughs> and so it's you know like every and later we did do panels together everybody approaches it differently um some people say you know what's the most christ-like figure in comics to you and they'll you know say daredevil or 
you know, oh, cool. Yeah. This per- and they'll try and find the, like the best, you know, display of faith and stuff like that. Or uh, where do you see God moving in comics? They'll, they'll do a lot of different stuff like that. And then, yeah. And um, fact, I think when I did San Diego, one of the, the questions they asked was, uh, cause it was like San Diego's spiritual themes and comics panel was a mixed bag. Oh, like no kidding like everything um had a, a voice and i was the jesus voice um and in the room and they're like uh what's the most spiritually prominent story in comics to you these days and somebody's like winter soldier and like and then like we all like chit-chatted about that for a minute but like uh-huh. but that for everybody coming from their own perspective perspective so it's you know it's definitely different and um but you know the panels honestly like i feel like have a good chance of being some of the best ways to connect yeah just having that conversation man like it's one of those things that and and i think we spoke about it a little bit at the show where you know we're talking about pokemon right because that's how we actually now that i remember like that's because you were giving out free pokemon cards at one point so i remember we're because you know that that opens up the conversation it's one of the reasons why i love dungeons dragons Dungeons and Dragons being a collaborative storytelling game where you get to tell stories with your friends. And I feel like because it's a storytelling game, right? It allows you to, and it's a role-playing game. It allows you to have conversations with people, not necessarily if you want to have the conversation, if, if it, if the spirit leads you to, to discuss, to talk about the faith, go for it. But it has you, or rather it gives you the opportunity to just have a conversation get to know the person individually because if what i've learned is that if you can't have the conversation to begin with you're not going to have a conversation your wall's going to be up right so if you can't talk as people and as humans then you can't go beyond that with that being said though have you ever encountered a moment or time where you're running a panel talking or just like in, at the comic book shop, whatever. Right. And people know who you are and talk and you just kind of get that combativeness to it. Have, have you ever experienced that? Um, I think it may have, dude, it may have been in the panel you were in before you got there. Okay. Um, um and you know, and I, I, you know, on the off chance, this person listens, uh, I'm not mad, <laughs> but like, uh, there was someone who was, uh, did, who basically felt like I was unqualified to be leading the panel. I remember that. Yeah. They yeah. asked, they, spe- they, I, I got in right when they asked, what are your qualifications? And I was like, Oh boy. And, you know, it's just like, and you know, with that, I think they were, you know, by my own just discernment or thinking about it. Cause that, that replayed through my head plenty of times. Um, yeah. Cause I had to like me and Jesus had to have a moment later. Cause like, uh, I was focused on that versus all the other good stuff that was happening. And yeah. I was like, all right, God, smack me around. Do what you got to do. I need to let go of this. But uh, from what I gathered just from watching her, because she was upset while the dude was talking ahead of her. And so she was like oh, yeah. flailing around and trying to get my attention to stop the guy from talking. Mm-hmm. And um, but with that, like, uh, I just think that uh, I got the vibe that maybe she was one of the parents that always told her kids they couldn't watch pokemon or whatever else and that for me to sit there and have this conversation that was a little more free than what she, i felt i felt like that's the the tension i was feeling from her um but mostly man i've, I've especially in panels 
uh, I've got people that have expressed that they don't believe what I believe, um, but they were happy to be a part of the conversation. Okay. Like uh, there was one Galaxy Con, I think it was Galaxy Con Raleigh, like 2018. There was somebody there who was a practicing pagan. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so like they didn't like fight me or were angry with me or anything like that. But like when I asked their thoughts on stuff, they shared their their personal perspective and their opinions on their faith. And they literally were like waiting like street fighter style like they were about to like try and combo break me and i'm like and i'm like well thank you for sharing and you know you know that's not what they're trying to throw some hands and i'm like i've and like when they knew i wasn't gonna attack they're just like oh i'm like cool cool (laughs) like that's why like i have that panel um for that reason Uh, i've i've had some opposition i've had people that have like get angry and say some kind of rude things at the table more than they will at a panel um Uh, okay like people won't say anything in a crowded room for sure because they know that somebody else might back me more than them or back you're just that they're not going to make themselves a target but they'll come to my table and be like super rude um for sure i think the the biggest one (laughs) and i laugh about it but it's still kind of traumatizing uh somebody literally just came up and flipped my booth over one time like flipped the whole thing like broke a bunch of stuff like hurt me like physically like the table landed on me and like uh like they're just like just so angry that i was there they flipped the table over on me um uh and that's once out of like almost a decade of doing this i i'll take it um yeah i get that (laughs) i mean it's also it's alarming for sure that you've had to go through that but then it's also like there's probably so much hurt you know that that's how they felt to express it but damn flipping a table not not to curse but dang. i so like i usually get three responses anytime someone walks by my booth mm-hmm. option a uh not affected yeah but not offended just like okay yeah uh then you'll the the one and I'll say this one's about a forty five percent chance on this one is the I'm offended this is here, mm. like, and usually it's encompassed by someone like their butt cheeks clench up and they walk away fast, they're like, and like shimmy off like an angry penguin, um and like the with that one especially too if it's a parent who's not remotely into god or anything like that yeah um and they've got a child with them yeah they will grab their child and yeet their child away from my booth like they're about to get hit by a bus uh because like they're like don't look at scripture yeah (laughs) and like literally just goodbye redhead um they'll literally like throw their kid across the aisle to keep their kid from reading scripture and then the third one is usually like either Oh, I'm interested in this, or yeah. this is the best thing ever. Like, usually I get one of those. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's I've got a teenage daughter and two almost two teenage daughters now. And sometimes they go to shows with me and they'll as we're seeing people approach, and like they'll they'll call it before someone gets to them. That like this person's gonna be this person's gonna be angry. Oh, you got it. Like <laughs> So just like just That's trying to like profile people on if they're going to love it or hate it. And um, but but the reality is, if you think about it, 
look thinking about the amount of time you walked around the show floor and everything mm-hmm. my booth might be the only booth you're going to walk by and read scripture true that is true because I mean, people reading t-shirts are going to like what wait a minute yeah <laughs> i just I mean, read a bible verse ah! <laughs> my well well it's that like that spongebob that i forget in spongebob he was like my leg my yeah. eyes i loved it um spongebob was a classic but yeah no i mean it's true though i i think you bring up a good point where your approach to you know evangelization and for the audience out there i don't want to say it's not like you're tr- like what i what we're talking about in evangelization it is it's just simply just sharing our faith that's that's that is at the core of it sharing what we believe in it's not forced it's not anything because again from a logical perspective a true true believers as stan lee would say um that is an act of the will right that's an act of free will you have to choose it um so just as a disclaimer out there because again a lot of my um audience members like i in, in this DD community and I, and I love them so much um we are very much a and, and you mentioned this and this is kind of like my segue into it you mentioned about being a safe space and a lot of times especially in dungeons and dragons that was the only safe space we had is the gaming table because at least so where i grew up um growing up predominantly in hialeah florida uh which is a very predominant cuban uh porter mostly cuban actually i should say um there were some puerto rican families but mostly cuban mostly cuban and culturally dungeon dragons wasn't really popular it was like oh what's this thing and then people on the news would talk about the satanic panic and you know which i don't know if you're familiar with the satanic panic with dnd yeah okay okay just want to make sure just want to that's that we, that was one of the things we talked about in the panel before you got there oh nice oh could you talk a little bit about that how did that go um <laughs> to say the least well, it's just that, uh, you know, I was talking about, you know, that there's a divide usually with that is that um, there's usually a wave of satanic panic that usually attaches itself to whatever kids are most interested to at that point in time. Um, anything that seems to capture their attention more than Jesus by parents or community standards usually gets the wave of satanic panic. Um, oh, which is where okay. the divide usually comes from in the seventies and eighties and early nineties, D and D, uh, mid nineties, Pokemon, late nineties, Harry Potter. And that's, you know, as, as the culture grew where you had more access to everything, something else always got the next label after Harry Potter, it was like anime. Now it's Fortnite, or, you know, I've heard it was Fortnite. I've heard it's TikTok, whatever else. And obviously there are bad things and everything. Um, Sure. But, without moderation, there are there are things that are not good. But but that's everywhere. Like, you know, without moderation of, I don't know, you name it, you can go to one extreme. And that was like honestly, the conversation was like I think that that's one of the big things that causes the divide, is that anytime a kid seems more interested, and I'm going on a youth perspective because you know that's foundational. Yeah. Anytime a young person seems more interested in something than how their parents are trying to show them fate. Mm-hmm. The easy thing to do is blame it on Satan rather than to actually get to know what your kid is interested in. 
That's really pro uh, prolific because oftentimes, and especially what we've dealt with in, in this community, like a lot of, I, I remember hearing this from someone, I forget who, but um, it was like one of my aunties or something like that. I, man, Cubans have like a thousand different aunts and uncles and it's like, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, dude. Like it, it's not even, and I don't even know who they are. Like you're, you're an aunt, really? Okay, whatever. I'll believe you. If if you're north of twenty, you're an aunt. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, and I remember one of them saying like, "Oh, why don't you get in?" And I'll just obviously like a a, a translation from Spanish, but it's like, "Oh, like why don't you like comic books or baseball cards, like everyone else, like other kids?" And it was kind of like, I mean, I like, you know, comic books. I love them. My first comic book I remember clear as day was Avengers issue number 12 that I bought at a Rite Aid. Because, again, Miami, like, it was very hard to find a comic, uh, like a true blue comic book shop in Miami I, back in the I, day. I bought the death of Superman at a gas station. I'm with you. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was, you know, you you buy it where you can. But... Um, just just that that phrase alone will always kind of stick with me, even though my parents and and I think and we've mentioned this before, the parents kind of make it or break it. Right. So for the for folks in the audience who are parents now and especially parents who are, you know, whatever faith, this is and it's something I'm learning with my nine month old. It's the power of, of what you say is going to really impact but my parents, thank God, were so open, but more importantly, were so interested in what my brother and I did that when I spoke to, you know, my mom and dad about this, especially being like, you know, hey, mommy, come on, you know, and again, kind of going into the Spanish of it and being like, oh, yeah, this is what it is. And when my mom took one of the books, she was, you know, she looked at my dad. They looked at each other. They went through the book, you know, and it's when it's the it was the player's handbook in the in the dungeon master's guide and she they were like this is my dad literally said this is lord of the rings and i was like yeah because my dad used to read the lord of the rings to us as kids um and that's how i loved fantasy and when they found out it's lord of the rings and math my mom was like yeah no you're good <laughs> lord but, of the rings and math winner winner yeah winner winner chicken <laughs> dinner son chicken dinner but yeah, no, that's, uh, it, I don't know. I feel that, I feel like at the end of the day, there's so much like miscommunication with this. Like there are so many things that, that are positive about the, about the geek culture, right? Like what, like, okay, here's something, here's a question for Harry Potter, for example, what was the one thing as a pastor that people were telling you that why Harry Potter was bad? So, so just for, just for a time scale. I was working at Walden Books um, as a bookseller when Harry Potter dropped. No kidding. Dang, dude. I haven't so, heard of Walden Books in a long time. So that, that was my last retail job before I went into full-time ministry was working at Walden Books. Okay. And um, um, I was a bookseller when the Potter books dropped. Nice. And, um, or at least for the first five of them or four of them. Um, but, uh, Literally, I'd have 
because like one of the things was I was in charge of our Bible section. And so mm-hmm. like, you know, our Bible section was pimped out. It was like nice. And I had it everywhere else and <laughs> the whole Christian section. And like, so I'd have parents that come in like, this is the devil uh, talking about Harry Potter. They're casting mm-hmm. spells. They're teaching our children satanic worship and witchcraft. And I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, have you, have you read this book? It's a kid under the stairs. And he's you know, getting abused, son. Like he's not living a good life, but he finds the positive in it. Uh, that's just like, and but that's the thing. It was honestly word of mouth, mm-hmm. and because people have more to say when they gossip about fear and danger than when they talk about truth and encouragement. Sure, and you know, it's a lot easier to have a panic, and um, all panic, no disco, and it's that's what that's what parents did dude um panic no disco dude i love it holy crap you need to write another book of just awesome phrases like that. <laughs> i'm just saying dude i would i would buy that in a heartbeat but that that's literally what it was and so like i worked i started working at walden's i was uh 16 um in 1997 so pokemon or harry oh, potter yeah. was brand new and we were still pe- selling pokemon cards fresh off the shelves and i i got an adult in the store on a daily basis telling me it was the devil i worked with so many so the only harry potter chapter in my books is book three and i didn't write it it was a homeschool church kid mm who wanted to write about how his mom wouldn't let him read Harry Potter and about the stuff he learned about Christ through Harry Potter once he was a grown up and stopped <laughs> like ironic. Yeah. And so it's, it's just one of those things of like people are really quick to be divisive against whatever this, and that's, and I don't know if we talked about this or uh, I know I mentioned it at some point in the panel, but like for me, like, as a believer specifically, and I know everybody else can't doesn't adhere to this if you're not, but like legit Romans 14 is my litmus test. Like uh, Romans 14 is just a chapter of does this cause you to stumble? Does it cause someone else to stumble? How does it affect you? What's your conviction on this? And at the end of the day, you need to be secure in your convictions and your understanding of why you're convicted. And yeah, you need to apply that. And as a parent, if you're going to tell your kid something's bad, you need to be able to honestly sit down and have a conversation with them about like, Hey, here's why I think this is bad. Yeah. And like, I'm and share that it's your personal conviction, but also, especially if you're talking to a teenager that they need to be able to like, you know, investigate themselves a little bit and like, why tell me why you think it's good. And yeah. like, I, I never heard that conversation. No, I no, always, they're, they're, that conversation's not being had. Like, why are people saying that Dungeons and Dragons is of the devil? Like, why? Right? Why do parents think that? Is it because you heard a, a preacher on TV or at your church or whatever, or whoever say it's of the devil or things happen? Like, what's like, or do you personally find, again, back to what we were talking about with moderation, are you spending your entire time? only with your friends and neglecting your schoolwork and neglecting this which okay now we can take it now we can say like we can start somewhere right if you're like okay if my daughter were to just only want to play D, okay what about D? it like you said what is taking her attention what is what is gravitating her towards that 
is it the storytelling aspect is it the math aspect is it the character creation and building is it or is it one of the other sub hobbies of the hobby which is like miniature painting or world building or map making mm. or whatever okay let me find what that is and then encourage hey you should totally if you like painting minis you should totally do that um and let's balance things out right we do want to like at least for my wife and i and and our family we've decided like okay like after this time it's just going to be family time so if we have a if we do D, it's going to be family D night so that we can just all spend time together it's i don't see those conversations being had i don't see the conversations of talking to your child as if they themselves were an actual human with free will but ver you know versus they talk to them as if they're below them a subordinate right um i have i just again haven't seen those conversations and i wish we could have more of them well it's like uh somebody at the panel you were at a galaxy con uh mentioned full metal alchemist um and a show I, and that's the thing like so I've got a 14 year old and she's in middle, she's going into high school now. She okay. just started high school. Um, and as she got into eighth grade, she had a lot more friends of the weeb culture encouraging her to check out different animes. Respect. And I don't have time to watch every anime that she's watching. Um, now when I, there were kids, I would pick what they were going to start with. Sure. And, but like, so she wanted to start watching. Like, uh, she's watching Juju Kaisen. Juju Kaisen. I can't. Oh, Juju Kaisen. Yeah. Okay. She's watching that so right good. now. So good. We 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 were walking through a hot topic and box lunch the other day, and she's like, "Oh, that's that character. That's that character." And I'm like, "Oh crap! I actually don't know this." Um, but like when it came to Full Metal Alchemist, she wanted to watch it earlier this year. Nice. And I said, "Look, I literally don't have time to even preview this." Uh, I'm going to trust your judgment. And uh, if you are watching it and you find something that's spiritually negative or you have concerns or questions, hit me up if yeah. not. But it's like, I, you know, I need to try. And the reality is you, you're not going to, you're not going to bring your kid closer to Jesus mm. by taking away the one thing they're actually interested in right now. Yeah, exactly. That's actually going to have longer lasting effects than, the short term taking away in my opinion absolutely like my wife and i've had the discussion before where if our daughter wants to watch anime fine you can start with one piece because by the time because <laughs> <laughs> that show will never end i will probably be 90 years old and that show will still go on let's be well, honest well it's she asked me to watch one piece or naruto and i'm like nah fam i'm good it's like I'll 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 be dead. So you go ahead. At least with Naruto, like there's an end to it, right? Like there, like I haven't I I stopped watching Boruto because it felt like there were so many. Like okay, so I started watching Naruto. I rewatched it rather. There were so many things I didn't capture and didn't remember. And then Naruto, and then Shippuden, and that Shippuden has a special place in my heart just because of the emotional ties. I mean, again, the character of Naruto Uzumaki, like he never gave up on on Sasuke. He never gave up on his friend. Kind of like how Christ like had his hand out and Peter 
walked on water and walked towards him. Like, that's how I look at it. Like Naruto never gave up on his friend. If that, if that not only selflessness, but that, that love for someone to always have their hand out and even better, the father of the prodigal son, like always being out at the edge of his terror of his land, right. Of the, of his house waiting for his son to return Naruto Uzumaki, like always there waiting for his friend Sasuke to return and to bring him back and to love him. I just find that beautiful. But anyway, yeah, after Shippuden, I was like, man, my heart, I hope Boruto's like this. And then I was like, oof, this was not, this is, this is trash. What, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and that's the thing, like, uh, with my kids' anime choices, um, like, the only time I've been negative, I was like, bro, this is poorly written. Mm-hmm. This is, this is not well done. This is you're you're this isn't smart enough for you. Find something better. Like, and I wasn't like, this is the devil. This was just like you're above this one. Let's yeah, find this, something else. It's like, okay, some of my favorite ones too, like Blue Exorcist. Great. I loved Blue Exorcist. Definitely a little risque with some of the, you know, depending on the, you know, how old your kids are. I would definitely recommend at an older, older age, because I was like, oh yeah, you know, probably a little bit more mature content. But the concept of this purse, this kid who's the son of the devil, raised by a priest who's also a paladin, and like he chose him to be that. That's his dad. That you know, kind of what was the quote from Guardians of the Galaxy two? Like that may be your father, but I'm your daddy. Like, but he, but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like same thing. Like you know, the in this case, like he has a choice to just be who he was born to be or to not and he chose no i'm gonna do something else but again great anime then there's some other animes that i'm like dude like this is really bad like this is like who thought of this what were you doing were you distracted were you hydrated did you eat enough while you were writing this because this just seems everywhere this is this is like me uh, on a sunday on a sunday morning after church where i'm like hungry like i'm like uh-uh come on now we gotta well, eat I got to so eat. at uh at my church we have two services back to back. And Oof. um so like we'll we'll do the whole shebang, do the message, I'll preach for like 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then uh there'll be like a 30 minute window before the next service starts. And like I have zero energy and I am like usually by our 11 o'clock like our second service starts bro i'm dragging like my my uh just energy level and ability to like actually mm-hmm. be up is like dead so i'm just like yeah I, I don't i don't have that in me dude i feel that um i i used to lead worship at a couple of churches um when right when i was around 2021 um i used to lead worship or i used to be one of the musicians leading worship um at elevation uh over here in charlotte i used to uh do you know a couple little places here and there um i tr- i used to actually do some of the uh intercessory prayer at the intercessory house or uh, international house of prayer mm-hmm. i don't know if you if i think they're in kansas city if i'm not mistaken yeah. uh so and they're cool cats but yeah man like dude at, there were times where i'm like bro i can't i gotta go like <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I gotta eat this bread, man. I know, like, I'm hungry. Something. But no, anyway, I, I digress. <clears throat> Again, I told you, man, I was gonna get into a rabbit hole. But, um, because you got me talking about food, dude. Uh, that, that's a whole different podcast, bro. Just saying. But no, anyway. So, with that being said, um, I feel like we have really talked about a lot of what happens in the faith, but what would be something that you would want to tell folks who have experienced hurt in the faith and have experienced this just a person who wasn't a good representative of what the faith is? Like, how would you how would and you know whether they're believers or not how what would you advise them or how would you advise them first off uh just on a reference point uh mm -hmm. because it'll be much more articulated than i'll say it right here um if you if you've experienced church hurt um and you've been hurt by somebody in the community like this um i wrote a piece on ahsoka tano and church hurt and um like uh, if you're familiar ahsoka tano is a uh, Anakin Skywalker's Padawan and she basically gets kicked out of the Jedi order for something she didn't do. Yep. And, uh, there's a, it, if you, it's got a lot of church hurt similarities. And, um, I wrote a chapter on that and it left me depressed for two weeks. Dang, like, I, like I barely functioned for about two weeks after writing that because it dredged up a lot of stuff. I had forgotten that I had buried. Um, and so I'd say, read that that's on our website. Um, Faithandfandom.com, correct? Dot org. Dot org, okay. Yep. Uh, Faithandfandom.org, and you could get to that one by like going on book seven or uh, Star Wars, either one. Um, but only, I, I don't, even if you just skip the Star Wars portions, there's a lot of scripture about that directly okay. in a row. Um, but here's the thing I would say is this, is um, the people that are usually the loudest and most forceful and dictating the opinions of God are usually the people that are least qualified to speak for him. Because mm. mm. um, it's the people who feel like they need to use that as leverage to validate themselves. Mm -hmm. And so if they're not, if there's not humility in it, if there's not grace, um, if that whatever truth they're speaking is not spoken in love, they probably weren't like authorized to be yeah. saying what they said in the first place. Um, authority and really matters in that regard, like that spiritual it, authority. It does, and and here's the on the flip side. So too, just to throw this on there, sometimes it really will be people who have spiritual authority, but they still suck. Um, True, because <laughs> I'm not going to say that like everybody that hurt you didn't have spiritual authority because sometimes they absolutely did but they were absolutely just wrong sometimes um yeah and or uh, their approach was wrong too like or their or approach was wrong yeah and uh one one of the things that uh and i don't even know if this is in that chapter now but it's one of the things that's on my heart with this is um jesus's prayer when he was being crucified was simply father forgive them because they don't know what they're doing and i honestly feel like most of the people that cause us hurt on a spiritual level don't fully understand the damage they're doing the way yeah. that they're hurting people the ramifications of it and that if they did they wouldn't 
And if they did, if they come to understand later, they would come to make amends. But because they're ignorant to the, and I don't say that as a slur, but because they lack the knowledge of yeah. the full weight of their ramifications, they treat your circumstances and situations with little grace. True. And that's true. And, you know, and if you, if, like I understand if you need to distance yourself from a specific person or a specific body, but I wouldn't just encourage you that uh, God isn't the one that hurt you and that you, if you ever do as a James four, eight, that if you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. It's like uh, looking back on it now, uh, it, uh, Hitch is a terrible movie, like in a 2022 perspective. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of cringy. Um yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Like the relationship aspects of it are like super ew. Um, but uh like there's this one moment, like I only watched that movie one time on home video, and um back it was probably on cassette for crying out loud. Um uh but there was that there was a thing about the 90-10. He's like, Oh yeah, you lean in the 90. And wait for them to come the 10. Mm. Uh, it's the flip of that for us. Yeah, This is a weird reference to making a nerd culture thing. But the, if we take that one step, that 10, mm. God's going to meet us at the 90. True. Like, where it's like James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I just straight up believe that a lot of us, we let someone else speak hurt on our behalf of God. Mm. And he wasn't the one to hurt us and that he is waiting for us to come home but he's also giving us space to make those steps um it's all about free will at least like that's what i've come to learn where like it is about free will like that person whoever placed that hurt chose like you said due to their ignorance due to everything else they chose that god did not choose that they chose they chose to say it in a hurtful way they chose to say that hurtful thing you know and and that's that's something where i think first and foremost the conversation needs to be just from my perspective it's like first and foremost i believe that there is a god that created us in his image and likeliness and that absolutely loves us like the i view the bible you know, I see it as sacred scripture. I see it as his love story for us. Like that, even though, so yes, God gave us free will. And that's more of a philosophical question. Well, why would he give us free will? You know, things of that. Again, that that's a, that's kind of like, you know, we can go like to mystic thought or we can go however, whatever school of, of philosophy you want to go through. But at the end of the day, like I view sacred scripture as we chose we, we made a choice. We were, again, we did not choose the hurt. We were led into the hurt, right? We chose this thing and God still never abandoned us. God still pursued us. And just like in, because obviously there's sake in the old Testament, there are ways to interpret the old and test the old Testament through a historical and a cultural lens and everything else where it's like, yeah, there are some messed up things that happened in the Old Testament and not to justify those things, but also like certain things that God, you know, commanded 
Well, he was retraining the Hebrews too. Like he had to retrain them for a life of slavery, of being slaves to the Egyptians and so on and so forth. And all this stuff, God almost has to retrain them because if he says, oh, do this without an explanation, just kind of like, you know, why would we not, why would, why would we not eat pork, right? Or pigs like, well, you know, at the time pigs were not the most sanitary of, of, of animals. So like in order to protect, like we're going to do this because again, it's a retraining. It's a, it, it, it's, it's like, <clears throat> excuse me for myself. Like I'm having to retrain my brain from not like I, I used to, I used to be a heavy cigarette smoker back in the day like i would like it was bad and it's like i had to retrain my brain to not to you know when i quit smoking like i had to retrain it so in that same way but anyway i digress but i i would say that with too but like uh on the flip side with when it comes to church church just remember that the church is people true and the, the church is uh people that align themselves with a belief and a faith in God. But at the end of the day, the church is just people and people suck. And if you're going to, if you're going to gauge a fully, holy, fully compassionate, fully righteous God on the representation of a person, you're always going to get a faulty representation. If you're going to gauge a sunset based on a toddler's drawing, you're never going to get a good sunset and Mm -hmm. that like, and if you're trying to see a holy God just through the lens of an imperfect human, you're always going to get a really crappy representation. I hear that. Even if it's a really good toddler, (laughs) it's like, they're still not going to do, but so good of an illustration. Yeah, that's true. And again, part of the lack of knowledge that the toddler has, that's their perspective and interpretation as well, because of what they see just like any of the church hurt that people, the person doing the hurt, they have been probably hurt themselves and have pro- like, it's a cycle. It's the, it's the cycle of pain and hatred as, uh, you know, Shaput and like, not to go back to Naruto, but it's that cycle of hatred. It's that cycle of like, you do this, I do this. And it just continues and continues and continues until someone breaks the cycle. But anyway, I I definitely appreciate you coming on to the show. I know that we are almost out of time, so I just want to you know be cognizant of that. But again, I'm going to put the link in the description below. Uh, where can folks find you though? Faithandfandom.org. Where else can they find you? Um, on all the other socials like uh, Instagram and Twitter, it's just at Faith and Fandom, all okay. spelled out lowercase. Um, Facebook.com/slash/FaithandFandom. Uh, you can find it there. Um. On our on the faithandfandom.org, there are you can find a digital version of every chapter from all the books. Oh, sweet! So, like, you don't have to buy books to find the devotionals, you can just go to blog and then click by book or click by topic and stuff like that to find it. Um, if you uh go to faithandfandom.podbean.com, that's our podcast channel. Um, you can you can find Faith and Fandom wherever you get podcasts, but like the actual channel is dot podbean, and there's like over 300 things on there um and uh we do a radio blurb for a love thy nerds radio weekly so there's every week there's a three minute nerdy devotional like uh called faith and fandom 180 on there and uh 
plus audio chapters of everything from book eight and like just a ton of other podcast content as well. But uh, so yeah, you can, you can find all that, but if you just search faith and fandom, you'll find it. And if you're ever in the Southeast, you'll probably run into us at a con at some point. Well, I'll make sure to uh, place the links in the descriptions below the podcast so that folks can hear it um, and uh, for the episode rather. And I'll, I'll make sure to put socials and, and, and whatnot there too. But dude, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Folks, if you did enjoy this episode, please be sure to like and subscribe uh, to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Also, let us know what your favorite part or something that you thought was pretty interesting in the comments below. I'd love to hear it. And if you want to learn more, always feel free to message us. We we are here to, we're here for you, right? We've always talked about how the Bearded Nerd podcast and this community that we're building is a place where you can be yourself. So as always, we're always here for you. We love you. Um, be safe, be kind, be compassionate to one another. But most importantly as well, keep gaming. <laughs>